Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here, and I'll be going solo to break down the Knicks 109 to 94 win over the Celtics. And are the Knicks like really freaking good now? Why Emmanuel quickly is the straw that stirs the drink these days? How Julius Randle continued his brilliance and had some fantastic moments as a playmaker. Mitchell Robinson's impact and other loose odds and ends from this game coming up next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starts with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, tucks left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. He's tough. And he's fouled. Anthony for three. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. I appreciate you guys making us a part of your daily routine. And of course, if you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube or subscribe on your favorite podcast app and hit either that notification bell or the auto download function so you never miss an episode. We are here with five episodes a week for you guys, especially during this stretch run. Lots of stuff to talk about, including this game. Ooh, boy, am I excited to talk about this one. The Knicks win 109 to 94 over the Celtics. And this gives the Knicks now six straight wins. They have won nine of their last 11. They, in in those six straight wins, have had double-digit thrashings of three probable playoff teams in the Hawks, the Nets, and now the Celtics. The Celtics obviously being a whole other tier of team compared to the, the teams that the Knicks have sort of started beating up on now. And this is sort of, I mean, Gavin and I have talked about this before a number of times. It's not like we're the first people to ever say it, but the difference between like a good team a like fun team whatever and like a great team is when they reach that gear where they can beat up on the teams they're supposed to beat up on that's sort of like the signifier of okay you're a good team but once you start getting to that point where you know the Knicks even earlier this year seemed like every time they would face a good team you know like a Celtics caliber team it, you always knew it was going to be an instant classic, right? You always knew it was going to be, okay, they're going to have like some knockdown drag out game. And, you know, it's, it's going to go down to the last couple of possessions. And, you know, with the Knicks, like, especially the last time that they faced the Celtics, it was like, can you overcome the fact that this team just shoots so many threes um, and makes them at such a good clip? Can you overcome the star power with Tatum and Brown? And of course they didn't have Brown in this game. Tatum took himself out of the game by being a crybaby. Um, but that's another story for in a couple minutes, but you know, there was just uh, the games previously between the Knicks and this caliber of opponent would go a certain way. You would know that you were in for a tough game that was going to probably make you want to pull your hair out by the end. And that was that, but at least the Knicks were competing every time, even if they only were winning, you know, 50% of those games or whatever. But now 
this is sort of different. Like the Knicks just beat up on the Celtics. I mean, this was this was almost every bit as rough in terms of how it must have been for like the Celtics, as I would imagine that the game against the Pelicans was the other day. The Knicks just they went up, they punched the Celtics in the mouth early, and then they just never let loose and never, you know, kind of let go of the rope at all. And they come away with this super dominant, super awesome win, end up winning by 15 points over the team that was the number one seed. Uh, the Bucks are now the number one seed, and the Knicks are now the five seed. And are honestly, with uh, we said this on a show like recently, I, I said this on a show recently where I was like, I think the Knicks will end up the five seed and will be closer than you think to the four seed. And with each passing game, that's starting to feel more and more prescient. I would I would love to get one thing right after my preseason predictions were so terrible. So we'll see how it goes. But this game was just, I mean, as much as some of the other games recently have been more about this player, that player, you know, whatever, I, you know, whether it's Julius Randle or, or RJ Barrett or what have you, I think that this game was kind of more of a well-rounded effort. I think that it featured a lot of, a lot of uh, contributions from guys up and down the team. Uh, six guys in double digits, almost seven. Obi Toppin wound up with nine points. So that's usually the hallmark of of a good team win. If the ball is being spread around, if nobody is being counted on to sort of carry the team, uh, and if you still manage, like if you win that game and do so handily, that's like the ultimate hallmark of a great team win. And this was this is a great team win. There's no other way to put it. Everybody on the Knicks had had such a great uh, impact, and I'll try to get to all of them. But I I feel like the first guy to get to without a doubt is Emmanuel Quickly, who ends with 23 points, three rebounds, two assists, seven to 13 shooting, and shot four seven from three. I think it's pretty safe to say he's he's taking a leap right now. Um, he's finally finding himself in a position where he's going to get minutes consistently, and we're seeing that comfort level from him that's kind of coming right now with the designation of being the leader of the second unit. Like he is the undisputed leader of that unit, no matter, you know, Josh Hart, who just came in, no matter Hartenstein, you know, no matter Obi Toppin or whoever else happens to be out there, RJ Barrett, even I think when RJ's out there, I think quickly is still running the show with this bench unit and he so deserves it. I mean, he's, the variety with, with which he's scoring now, I mean, look, the three-point shot is coming around, which earlier in the season, I foolishly posited, like, well, what if it just never comes around? I mean, it seems like it's coming around now, and it seems like, go figure, things are starting to fall into place once he's now found a consistent role and has, like, a guaranteed 25 to 30 minutes a night and is playing with confidence and, and with the... The warm, fuzzy feeling that his job is not on the line because nobody likes playing in in those sort of uh, work environments. And just the the sheer variety of buckets, though, even though you know the three point shot falling is a big deal, it, he's just doing so many different things. You know, and he, I feel like he and Hart just like feed off of one another. Like the energy that they both bring is so similar in the sense that. They're both all over the place all the time. Obviously, quickly is a different player. So, you know, he's going to be handling the ball more and creating more for himself. But like his first bucket of this game was a backdoor cut on an inbounds play. 
uh, where Brunson, found, I think it was Brunson, found him on the inbounds play as quickly just kind of was like, oh, well, don't mind if I do, and just cut baseline when his man fell asleep and got it and hit a you know quick reverse layup for a quick easy two for the Knicks. He has a transition, like, has he layup where he kind of is running a transition and then just like stops around the free throw line and is like, yeah, never mind, and just keeps going, gets all the way in for the layup. Uh, he had so many threes, obviously, he had the, the four of seven, but then an off balance mid range shot off of a switch, too, which I found to be a really nice little wrinkle that he threw in there for something different to do in this game. I mean, he's just really, he's really just becoming such a, a menace on offense and also a menace on defense. Like once again, I thought he and Hart just did such a good job of just getting over screens in this game, you know, strategically sticking with their men when they had to and all in all just providing great impact on the defensive end. Um, I'll get to Hart in a minute, but you know, like quickly, it's just so refreshing when he and Hart get out there Uh not to say that like Grimes isn't offering much of the same things in the starting lineup, but there's just something about that that quickly and heart pairing on defense that really does it for me. Like the way that they can manage to stick with their man, but also be so vigilant in the passing lanes, and especially with heart, you know, just kind of make that perfect hustle play and you know generate like an offensive foul on the other team or something like that just by virtue of you know trying to get over a screen and being like no i'm going to do this i'm going to do it clean and if you get in my way i'm going to take that foul call uh it's just fantastic i love those two together but back to just quickly himself like i think he really stuck to whoever he was assigned to on d and and that's so huge and that's part of why there is some whispers uh, a bit of a fan-made campaign that hopefully will turn into something uh, my buddy Colin Loring for the Strickland wrote a good article about this the other day of Emmanuel quickly being a six-man of the year candidate and I think if you look at all of the advanced stats that paint him as such an overwhelming positive for the Knicks especially the net rating stats and things of that nature and then you look at the fields and it's like yes Brogdon is really good and unfortunately like in this game Brogdon had a good game too. He had over 20 points and was really like the only guy that seemed somewhat comfortable for the Celtics in this game. So I guess that doesn't bode the best for quickly, but if the Knicks continue playing as well as they have lately and can keep this going to the end of the season and end up, maybe they do take the four seed or something. I could definitely see a world where quickly ends up the six man of the year just for that impact that he's having. And because he's having such a breakout now, late in the season uh, and, you know, really kind of finding himself and his scoring touch and everything else. I think there's a case for it. Uh, I, I hope that he wins it because he's definitely deserving. It would be cool to have another six man of the year on the Knicks, especially kind of cool in a weird way <laughs> and kind of a funny way because of how different of players they are. If, if on the 10th anniversary of J.R. Smith winning the six man of the year award, Emmanuel quickly could win it as well on, probably the best team since that 12-13 team. No disrespect to the 2021 team, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll see how that all goes. I do want to talk about Julius Randle too, though, and Mitchell Robinson, who Mitch, I just thought, had a profound impact on this game once again, but I do have to real quick remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, and if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you gotta try a Built Bar. Hopefully you guys are sticking up with your 
New Year's resolutions. I know I have been trying to make sure to still hit the gym plenty and get that protein that I need, which is where built bars come in. And what makes them so good and, and what keeps me going back for more versus other protein bars? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Most importantly, they don't taste like a uh, waxy chocolate dipped bar of sidewalk chalk like some of the other protein bars do. So that's that's fantastic. Built Bars taste, in fact, just like a candy bar. And the best part is you don't have to feel guilt like when you're eating a candy bar because they're only 130 calories and have just four grams of sugar compared to a whopping 17 grams of protein to make sure that you get all the protein you need after a workout. And now you don't have to wait around to get your box for years. We've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, but you still can, but now you can also get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with their hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. All right, and I'm back to continue talking through this Knicks win. Again, uh, final score because it feels good saying it. 109 to 94 over the Boston Celtics. Uh, I don't know if it'll if it'll make you guys feel good, but John Corrales of Locked On Celtics fame was very uh, unhappy in the Locked On NBA group chat after this game. So pretty cool. Always makes me feel good when the Celtics don't feel good. Though I like John. John's a nice guy, but. I like when he doesn't feel good because of his team. Anyway, uh, I want to talk about two guys who also had a big impact on this game, Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. I'll talk about Julius first briefly because I think I actually have slightly more to say about Mitch, so I'll get Julius out of the way here first. But, you know, ho-hum, garden variety, 23 points, seven boards, four assists. Uh, what I really liked the most from Julius in this game was that he was really in control on offense. I thought that... You know, not that that's anything new, but I felt like as uh, different from some of the games recently where he's looked more like he's trying to score. He was, even though he only had the four assists, like only as if that's like a super small number, but even though he had just four assists, I think that he was really looking to exploit what the defense was giving him. And, and whether he made the final pass or not, he was making the right pass a lot as far as generating double teams exploiting them he was going back to a move all night where he was kind of like crossing the paint and just like i don't know like a magnet like drawing defenders to him like as he he would get into the paint and then all of a sudden the the defenders would just start like magnetizing towards him and then eventually be sort of trailing behind him and then that would allow him to just kick it to the corner for an open shooter or for someone that could start a swing sequence and and find someone an open shot so I really like that, and he really did a great job with the doubles in this game. It didn't seem forced at all, which is sometimes the issue with Julius in that situation. Um, and I didn't think that he was quite as like nuclear throughout the entire game as he has been lately. Uh, obviously, with the twenty-three points, that's you know twenty-three is less than like the forty-plus they scored the other day. So that's fine. That's you know he's not going to score forty every game. But I will say like the one thing that didn't waver at all in this game, and that just doesn't seem to waver much this year at all, which has been one of the greatest things that Randall has given this team is that early game scoring is just so valuable. And 
is so essential to the team right now. Like, especially like Brunson is not, has not exactly been himself as far as starting games super hot and, you know, delivering offense since the all-star break, you know, since coming back these last two games. So the Randall early offense has just become so essential for them uh, as far as, as far as like giving them something early to count on that they can always say like, all right, you know what, no matter what, we're going to get 10 to 15 to 20 points out of Julius Randle in the first quarter. And he's going to make a couple of threes to kind of like get the opposing defense honest, like right away. And that pays dividends later, because even if he cools down from three later, he's at least getting respected later. And that's what leads to those doubles and gives him those opportunities to put the ball on the floor and then kick it out to guys and all kinds of good stuff like that. So, uh, loved what I saw out of Julius in this game. Loved what I also saw out of Mitchell Robinson in this game. 10 points, 13 rebounds, two steals, two blocks. And I mean, he's just, he's been so good since coming back uh, from injury now, these last few games. I, I'm so happy to see him back and at full strength. Uh, the four stocks in this game, truly impressive. I mean, he had, I would say, probably the Knicks block of the year against Tatum. Uh, it was actually like eerily reminiscent in a way. I, I don't know, like this just came into my head when I saw it because I just was feeling uh, a little like tormenting myself the other day and watched the highlight of or low light for the Knicks of Hibbert blocking mellow 10 years ago. And if the stakes were higher for this block, I feel like it would be regarded that way. I mean, it was just such a perfectly timed block and, you know, it was earlier in the game. So fine. But it really seemed to frustrate Tatum that Mitch blocked him there. And Tatum went on to have a very frustrating game. Uh, he shot terrible from the floor. He wound up getting himself ejected because he was complaining about not getting enough foul calls and stuff. He also like stupidly hung on the rim, like way more than he had to off a dunk and was like carrying on and, you know, like made a scene and got hit with a taunting, uh, pl- taunting penalty. And I don't know. It, uh, not the best game for Tatum. And I think the Mitch kind of kicked that off with that amazing block, just like meeting Tatum at the rim, thinking that he was going to do something and telling him, no, you're not going to do anything today. Um, he also just in general, and I mean, stop me if you've heard this one before, but he made the Celtics afraid to go inside. And as a result, that led to lower free throw count for them. It led to a huge amount of taken threes and they weren't making a lot of threes. Um, just to give the the quick numbers on it, they the Celtics shot nine of forty two from three, but I really think they had to take those forty two attempts because Mitch did such a great job keeping the paint locked down. And then you also have to look at the fact that like the Celtics were complaining after the game, their coach was, I'm sure some of the players were, about the free throw discrepancy. Uh, the Celtics had fourteen attempts, the Knicks had thirty four. But the difference is, is that one team was making enough to get inside and the other team wasn't, you know, like the Celtics outshot the Knicks from three by a pretty wide margin. I don't have the number directly in front of me at this moment, but I think they outshot them by at least 10 attempts or so. Um, So, you know, that that's kind of where some of that comes from when you look at, okay, 10 more three point attempts, if you would turn those into drives inside and if you would manage to draw fouls on those which they obviously were not having a great time doing in this game. But if you draw fouls on 10, you know, shot attempts, that's 20 free throws for you. 
And that would have more than even things out. Actually, would have exactly even things out. I shouldn't say more. Would have exactly even things out. So there's your discrepancy right there. And a lot of that comes back to Mitchell Robinson and his deterrence on the inside and basically telling these guys, you're not going to score on me. Uh, but on top of that, I thought the Mitch did good on the perimeter as well. Like at one point shortly. So unfortunately that block did not lead to a bucket for the Knicks on the other end. But then I think it was on the very next possession, the Celtics came down and Tatum got trapped and in, on the, the sideline and Mitch was able to generate a steal that way. Got it ahead quickly who wound up finishing a nice transition layup there. I think that was actually that Hezzy layup, if I'm not mistaken, that I referenced uh, from quickly in the first segment. So really cool stuff. I mean, he just, Mitch is back to impacting things at a high level, clearly did not skip a beat, and is just one of the most dominant rebounders and interior defenders in the entire NBA. And I'm so, 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 so freaking happy to have him back and healthy on the Knicks. Uh, I got to get into some other player notes, including Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, uh, cleaning up like Obi Toppin, RJ Barrett, all the various guys that they're, you know, that's still worth talking about here. But I do just have to quick remind you guys that today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be a hundred percent certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. And look, I've said this before. I've never been in much of a situation where I'm hiring for a job that would warrant a LinkedIn post. So it's not something that I have a huge amount of experience with, but I do have a lot of experience as a job seeker. And as a job seeker, LinkedIn is always the site that I would go to because they always put the most relevant jobs in front of me. The descriptions are great. Honestly, the the visual presentation and their algorithm are on point as well. Uh, they make it a lot more interesting to search for jobs than going on some of the other competing sites that are just a big brick of text. Uh, you know, the, the job postings are always compelling and everything else. So, you know, it's, it's really easy to do too. If you are trying to set one up yourself, you just add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and you can spread the word that you're hiring. And it comes with simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. You can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And, you know, you'll want to, we're in the early stages of the year. You got to set the foundation. So you got to start this year strong. If you want to do that, you got to get the best candidates, do that through LinkedIn jobs. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. And I'm back to continue talking through this big Knicks win. Should I say the score one more time? I'm going to say the score one more time. Knicks 109, Celtics 94. Tidy little 15 point win on a Monday to start your week off right. And I want to talk about some of the other guys on the team real quick. First, I'll talk about Brunson. Um, you know, I think he's I think he's still struggling a bit with the efficiency since All-Star break. Uh, 17 points, 4-12 in this game. Didn't make a three. And that's fine, though, because the thing is, he's finding ways to score still, and he's finding ways to impact the game still. And that's always the most important thing. Uh, you know, he's been he's had active hands on defense and has been maximizing his skill set there. 
Um, I didn't write down how many steals he had. Probably double check it real quick if I really wanted to. Um, he wound up with just one steal in this game, but I thought that he was being pretty active in the passing lanes, which is his greatest you know thing that he can do on defense. But then on offense, got to the free throw line twelve times and hit nine of them, and that's that's huge. That's something that the Celtics were like really missing in this game. They were missing a guy that could go inside and just like fool someone into fouling him and generate enough contact to get free throws. And that's what Brunson just did the entire game because that's just what he does. Period is he's so crafty. He gets inside. He starts, he stops, he starts, he stops. He, you know, will pivot four times and, you know, go under your arm and then, you know, through your legs and whatever the hell else he has to do to throw, you know, a shot up at the hoop and also probably generate some contact from duping you into hitting him. Uh, so it's, you know, he, I had no problem with the fact that he was not shooting super well because he was still also maintaining the tempo, you know, just in general doing point guard things. You know, what else can you ask, right? That's all we've asked for for years. He also had Marcus Smart on him, and that's that's pretty rough. You know, that I mean, that's probably the toughest defensive assignment you can draw on the Celtics too. So, And I'm sure the Celtics meant for that, but unfortunately they forgot about Emmanuel quickly and Julius Randle and some other guys, including Josh Hart, who had just another fantastic game. The Knicks, since Hart has joined the team, not since they traded for him, unfortunately, the the night of the trade deadline or the the night after whatever day it was that Hart wasn't available. Unfortunately, they did lose that game. But every game since he's joined the team and has been available to play, he's just been nonstop energy. He had 12 points, five rebounds, five assists, and two steals in this game. Um, he and quickly, I just got to stress again. I mean, they're just the best duo. I mean, whoever could think of a fun nickname for them, come up with it now. Quick heart, Hartley. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Something's got to work, but, uh, you know, they, they just, they fit together so well and everything about when they're on the floor together is just like, I feel like it has to be very satisfying for those that like grew up and experience the 90s teams and whatever to see these two guys who are just so concerned with playing the best brand of defense that they can on any given night. And granted, they're not allowed to like punch dudes anymore or whatever because it's not the 90s, but the fighting over screens and you know just generally giving a crap 100% of the time on defense, that's like all you can ask for. And it's just so fantastic to see play out. Um, but yeah, it's... I mean, the, Hart did again in this game what he's done a few times already, which is a force and offensive foul just by playing tough defense. And that's been one of my favorite things from him. And I feel like he's gotten one, maybe not every game, but like every other game since he joined the Knicks where he just fights over a screen so hard, but cleanly and forces the other player to like stick a leg out and try to impede his progress or whatever and create an illegal screen situation and, you know, cause a turnover. It's just, it's a brilliant little skill. It's kind of like Brunson's ability to just like get in front of guys and take a charge. But I just, I love that out of him and just everything about his game is so fun. Um, I thought Quentin Grimes too, speaking of things that were fun, I thought that he played some awesome D on Jason Tatum. Uh, all in all is his primary assignment. Tatum ended shooting six of 18 and got himself ejected for being a big crybaby. 
uh, he was complaining about some call or something. I'm sure all the Celtics were complaining all night about not getting calls because, you know, they're like, oh, we're not shooting enough free throws. The coach after the game was like, oh, I can't say what I'm really thinking or when I get in trouble. It's like, dude, shut up. Like, whatever. You know, maybe your team should try driving once in a while. That might be helpful. Uh, Who's to say, though? But Grimes did a fantastic job on Tatum, especially considering the, the size differential between the two. I thought that he just he held his own. He was strong. He had hands up in Tatum's face and did enough to bother him like the whole night. And that's all you can ask for. Uh, I also really much really enjoyed uh, Obi Toppin's energy. Um, just kind of vintage Obi. You know, he was zipping around on offense. He had a really nice uh, cut for a layup at one point. Uh, that was sort of like his his like classic now, I guess like double pump sort of layup where he kind of like almost gets under his defender while he's going up for it. Really enjoyed that. Um, and I just, I thought on both ends, it was a good game for Moby. I mean, I thought it was honestly a good game on both ends from most players on the Knicks um, because you kind of have to have that. Like they basically had, I don't know if it was necessarily wire to wire. I forget what like the very early score was. I think the Celtics were up for like a minute or two in the first quarter, but like basically a wire to wire win. you know, your team's got to play well up and down the board, but Obi, you know, I, I thought that he just had a, a really great little game too. Uh, RJ Barrett. So, so I don't know. I, I, it's tough to say there were some good moments. Let's put it that way, but nothing quite as good as the other night against the Pelicans, which it makes it frustrating. Uh, Cause you want to see that again. You want to be like, okay, you know, you're building up after the all-star break, like first game, pretty good. Second game, really good. This game, you want it to be really good again, but not quite as good in this game. Uh, He struggled with efficiency, but did have a good connection with Mitch. Had definitely, I would say, fed the dunk of the game, uh, which was Mitch like getting up there in kind of a weird way and and, uh, having a nice dunk there. So, yeah, I don't know. I I, I thought that it was a, a fun one for RJ, if not, no, maybe not fun. Fun's not the right word. I don't know. I'm trying to find a positive spin. It was just okay. You know, I thought they did enough to mitigate some of the bad stuff, but ultimately, I don't know, a solid C <laughs> for RJ in this game, I guess, uh, just because it, it took a little too long for – him to find a shot again. So we just need, you know, as usual, just need him to find that consistency. I'm hoping that the first two games are a little more indicative of what's to come than this game. So anyway, I think that's pretty much everyone I want to talk about. So yeah, uh, great team win again. So easy to talk about like pretty much every guy that touched the floor for the Knicks in this game because everybody played really, really well. Uh, But we'll be back. There's more games this week and the Knicks are cruising, man. Uh, maybe 10 wins in a row could be in the cards at some point. I don't know. That would be pretty cool uh, to get up to that plateau, but we'll see how they, how they do. But until next time, thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Peace out.